0: Fall from, <laughs> <alive.
1: laughs> from dust to dawn, I am truly alive the the from dust to dawn, I am truly alive Satellite sets in frame to illuminate this shaded place it's a rose that won't belong to you, just you take the lead, come on with it, mm-hmm. come on, moments don't pass me up, no, no, cause I seize them in stride, tell the when they never gave me in, And let one internally, have yeah, faith in the choices you made, it's all by design, go with it, oh mm-hmm the
2: I see everything with two beams, I do dream. My eyes are glowing mood rings, you're boring. Stop dealing with the true thing, I do think. When you think too much, you're removing what's moving. Stuck inside a statue, look at you. Go ahead and pogo something, go catch you. A petty logo shed all my tattoos. I read all the bad news, it says I'm too careful. Ooh,
1: tap into the frequency, love. Tap into the frequency, love. The universe never scared me wrong. The universe never lied. Take me bound to the calm me down. The fantasy and this remedy. Free from where you don't belong. And the concept of time, new levels. St- mm-hmm. Come on, moments don't pass me up, no, no cause I seize them in stride. till the winner never gave me in, and man, one internally happy yeah, in the choices you've made. It's all by design. Go with mm-hmm. Come on, don't. Fuck up the- sway some kiss
2: oh yeah i see by your love don't fuck up the phone swear i see everything with new beams i do dream my eyes are glowing moon rings your boy ring Stop dealing with the true thing. I do think when you think too much, you're removing what's moving. Stuck inside a statue, look at you. Go ahead and pogo something, will catch you. A petty logo shed all my tattoos. I read all the bad news. It says I'm too careful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Feeling being tested every minute. Feel like yesterday I was bound to be a loss. Since I stumbled on a path, look will said, as truly in my essence of a ride. Who
2: am I? Who am I? Don't remind me. Too alive, too alive, new arriving. You were right, I was left in a B4. To the light, to the light, I am Caroline. Parallel to paradise,
1: I reach out for my lifeline. The angels rap in paradise, they say my own lifeline.
2: i see everything with two beams i do dream my eyes are glowing moon rings you're boring stop dealing with the true thing i do think when you think too much you're removing what's moving stuck inside a statue look at you go ahead and poke something will catch you a petty level shed all my tattoos i read all the bad news it says i'm too careful
0: Tap into the frequency line.
3: and welcome to another the spirit animal podcast today we do have a special guest the owner of creative reptiles also a teacher a very strong entrepreneur in the business as well as the industry not only within the reptile industry but also as in the photography industry <clears throat> migrated from different areas in its in his life where they move forward from education to what he currently is doing and is Truly an inspiration, and that is why I chose to bring on one of a day one. Honestly, I would say, uh, yes, I am bringing on a friend onto the podcast. Whoever likes to talk shit, go ahead and talk your shit. But this is somebody who needs to to be spoken with and and actually have a deep conversation about their journey. Um, I, I take a lot of inspiration from what he has been going on in life and what I resemble as well myself. A lot of the same things that elias has gone through i myself mirror um as well the the difficult journeys and the adventures that that he's been on i can relate a lot and this will be our first conversation and off of instagram i am glad that we finally met this day without further of or ado this is creative reptiles
4: what's up everybody glad to finally speak with you
3: it is a pleasure to have you on the podcast. You know, this is this is a long-awaited moment. I'm really excited about this. Um, like I said, we are tag-alongs. You know, you like my stuff. I like your stuff. It's, it's always been a mutual affair between us where we, we kind of cheer ourselves on into the further and then the next and the next step, which is, you know, what this is all about.
4: Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure.
3: Man, so before we actually dive in, Bit of the explanation that I wanted to give is that I started you know with with zero following but I've always had a keen for for photography and when I saw you mixing it in with reptiles it was like man if he could do that what, what what's the change that I can't you know yeah, and, and then I started doing more and taking shots here with my daughters taking them out to the park and, and just doing a flow of just nature. I didn't really want to put it into reptiles because reptiles were something that kind of healed me through my, my dark depression moments where I was at my lowest in life. So I was like, I'm not going to bring this in too much to my animals because I, I hold them dear to my heart and I'm just gonna, I'm going to, you know, pretty much hoard them myself and keep them to myself and. Bug away from everybody. I'll admire your reptiles, but, you know, I'll keep to myself.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand. Uh, This this um, game isn't for everybody. And sometimes, you know, you have to worry about not only the safety of your animals, but also the safety of the models. And so it, it, it comes with a lot of challenges. But, you know, I enjoy it. I love it
3: it is it is it's fun you open up uh, a lot of venues not only within you know the photography spectrum but you know a lot of connections you can build a web from it you know other businesses can feed into other businesses kind of like to say you know my grandfather can build you a truck then my uncle can repair the truck you know it's it's a a big big web
4: (laughs) yeah exactly
3: well, Before we dive in into the questions, oh, I do want to greet everybody, KT, you know, Bosa Balls, thank you guys for always checking in, Rock on Reptiles, thank you as well, man, for checking in, we appreciate all of you guys that do tap in today, uh, we'll go ahead and get started here now with the first question, I do want to ask, well, it's very interesting to me because I see that you have a keen of, of both spectrums, where you practice Christianity as well, and then... I'm not sure, you know. I can't judge, so that's why I'm asking. (laughs) But I I see kind of both ways. Like you might be a bit spiritual, where the world—the word "spiritual" might be taken into different contexts depending on what you portray it. But what I mean by spiritual is like there's no dictation of a religion, and you're a bit more open and and broad in in your. uh, your way of thinking has a different way of prospecting things and your perspective is more clear just depending on what you view and your thoughts. So you guide yourself like almost in the moment, I see. But at the same way, you're, you're praising God or, or I'm not sure who is you that you call God. But do you have any spiritual habits or routines?
4: Um, Yeah, yeah, of course. And you kind of hit the nail on the head, but I do have... <laughs> spiritual routines because i was born and raised christian pentecostal to be exact um, but then as i got older i veer away from it and became agnostic because it was like i couldn't go full-blown atheist um, but i was just like hey um i believe that there is a higher power it's just i don't know who maybe it's the same one just different names different languages um, but i do say that uh, jesus is the homie he's the homeboy so Um, Other than than that, um, yeah, I'm just more on the leaning towards the spiritual, free, you know, whatever happens, happens. What happens when we die? Are we reincarnated? We go to heaven? I don't know. I'm not the type of person to confidently say for sure, um, but I do have faith. something a higher self and I kind of learned that when I was in recovery uh, for my mental health I actually self-checked myself into a a hospital once years ago and that's one thing they teach you they teach the same thing in AA meetings and stuff you know believe in something greater than yourself so they just never left me no matter even when I was in my agnostic stage of my life Um, but yeah but my routines practices I pray Thank my higher power every time I I wake up because especially recently with certain health challenges I'm just I'm grateful every time my eyes open so that's something it, I always do and as soon as I wake up you know I say thank you Jesus and then I get up and make sure all my animals are breathing and so that's pretty much the main number one how I start my day every
0: day.
3: That's awesome and it and I can relate a lot because I come from. Believing in God, I can't say I was Catholic or Christian. I just didn't have any denomination as a child. I was just the wild ass kid who didn't have a reign and was just doing whatever the fuck he wanted to do. (laughs) (laughs) But I still believed in something that was there. Like I always had a sense of something because of my premonitions. I don't know if it was just a God given thing or something that I was struggling with in my own self, but I always had premonitions of things happening prior to them happening. Um, by the meeting of my my uh, wife, my father's death, um, it's quite surprising, but his death was actually caused by pancreatic cancer. Um, mm. wow. And it, 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 I it, I didn't have a premonition of what, what happened, of how it was going to happen, but I knew that it was coming. It was almost like it was just a given day. Yeah. And I didn't mourn the day that he died. It was more of just like a spiritual relief when he left. And it was Of things that I figure out later in life about how he was and the persona he was. Uh, But yeah, I can relate a lot. You know, spirituality is in reality. If you find that higher self in jesus or whether it's the quran or buddha or whatever as long as you feel good that you're being good to the people around you that's what i feel like that's the true god you know. if you're being a dick and going to church and then coming back and then saying okay god just wipe my hands and i'm good and let's go <laughs> on to the next week you know or let's go hallelujah at the church and then we come back and go sleep with the neighbor you know it's yeah. like <laughs> yeah I feel
4: like, I feel like all that stuff is just for show it's just ego driven and it's who's holier than now and stuff like that so yeah my my spirituality or my relationship with jesus christ is exactly what he preached when he was on this earth and that was love everybody yeah we practice,
0: can't
4: if my practices and my way of living is not does not involve that then it's to me it's not the true religion mm-hmm. it's not true christianity in my opinion
3: yeah and see, you, you, you've you gone to believe in something, not saying that he's not of existence because that's your belief, but at that point, you're giving it an energy of power, you know, and you're enlightened by it, and that's some light that guides you in life in some way, and that light can be in different transformations for other pre- people, you know, we don't all eat the same food.
4: Exactly. You know? Exactly. <laughs> We don't we don't we don't all speak the same languages. I work at a school where we have dual language programs because we're 50 percent, you know, African-American and 50 percent Hispanic. And so, you know, we could all be believing in the same thing. But what my students might call God is some different than what I call. So, you know, but it's Mm -hmm. the same thing. We believe the same
0: thing.
3: Yeah, it's it's something beautiful. And that's when you realize the true potential of oneself. And what I mean by that is, like, within your religion, that's pretty much the steps, you know? Like, they're trying to guide you to some type of enlightenment with, to realize that you got to take life seriously right now. Yeah. And, and, and regardless of what you're doing, that, that's what religion is about, I, I think. I'm not I'm 100% sure, because I, I love theology, and I like to study it, because it has a lot of perspectives in life. Um, yeah. The second question was, do you have a religion or belief? And you kind of answer that, you were... Uh, apostolic or what was exactly the term uh
4: it was it was technically pentecostal growing up but now but now non-denomination whatever i really don't i really don't claim anything except i believe in a higher power (laughs) because higher power yeah yeah, because um all these religions they're the same and all of them at least out loud portray hatred so i don't claim nobody (laughs) (laughs)
3: it's crazy you know but when you actually study what you're you're going through or what you're because as a kid and and i'm going back here because as a kid you see things and you're like okay so it's good to go to this place and and say sorry and then do it again the next week or Uh whatever the case may be but as that as a child you're like growing up and you're like okay it's good it's good to do that but there come a time in play where you're you're stumping against the wall and you're like what's holding me back here it's yourself bro like look in the mirror like clean yeah. your f- shit up <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes exactly exactly I totally how do you agree.
3: combine your work balance with your practice or your business meaning like i know that you started with uh creative reptiles back in what 2018 or 19.
4: 18. Yes. Yes. Yes.
3: 18. So was that part of, of you being a teacher or did you become a teacher afterwards? How did that actually become involved in as well with your spirituality or what do you do to guide yourself in a way?
4: Yeah. Um, they all kind of happen close together. Um, I, at first, when I first started collecting reptiles, I was working at target and I remember, like it was yesterday I'm in my apartment I had some friends over we were hanging out and one of them said hey let me see your snake Jasmine that's my oldest ball python and um and I said sure and so I pulled her out and they wrapped her around their necks and then they was like, okay get your camera let's take pictures and we really I still got those photos saved in my phone to this day we got a a photo shoot in my kitchen with my friend and my snake and then I posted online on Instagram um, and maybe Facebook as well. And it just went off it. All my model friends was like, Oh my gosh, I want to do a photo shoot with a snake. Can I borrow yours? How much would you cost? And it kind of just those two photos in my kitchen of my friend with Jasmine started everything.
3: It's crazy how easily you can get involved to, with, with these animals and a lot of things, you yeah, know, and I, yeah. I, it, it happened like that to me as well. Like I, I, I didn't decide to do anything but like to take it to the club. And I was like, okay, we'll chill there at the club. And then we, Ugh. I don't know where they're like, okay, you want to start doing some bookings. And, you know, the reason why I took it to the club was because of, of daddy snake daddy, you know, it wasn't for your dad. You know? It wasn't for Claudius; Those ideas wouldn't be here, you know, and, and the, that saying he says all the time, you know, the sauce doesn't taste the same. It doesn't yeah. You put that work in. You got to build that character. Cause the first times I did it, I was shallow and very like kept to self because I was like, I was freaked out. You know, I'm, I'm married. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to try new things here. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, I got to stand my ground here, you know, go back to the same way I was, but stay relaxed. <laughs> and then within time, I built that character at the same time, you know, it was fun, not only for my persona, but to actually grow within that and, and, and see the development because I, it changed a lot. Like, I feel like I, I bursted a bubble in some way.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah. And then um, to piggyback on that question, yeah, we, um, after that, it just blew up. And so I was still working at Target, but I was trying to get out of it because I needed more money. And my mom was a principal at the time. And she said, hey, we just have a position open for a teacher assistant. And, you know, all you need, you don't even really have a deg- need to have a degree to be an assistant. And so, um, you know, I applied got the job and that's when I started teaching and well being an assistant and then they had some type of fall festival and my mom said even though I don't like your snakes the kids want to want them to come out (laughs) so (laughs) during the fall fest I brought some of my snakes out the kids took pictures they had a field day they loved it and that's when I incorporated adding the educational proponents to the photo shoots, because at first it was strictly just me taking pictures with models or other photographers booking me um, to rent my snakes um, for photo shoots. So it was mainly the typical, you know, bikinis or bathtub pigs with the snakes and stuff like that but then it started to grow even more and then finally you know with the educational stuff children start asking can i have pictures with the snakes so that's when i started to like find a way to combine both and that's how creative reptile started
3: that's beautiful you know it's a it seems like we piggybacked a lot off of claudius i'm not sure if you did (laughs) as well but like (laughs) It, it, it seems like we, we all have different types of niches, you know, like yeah. we might have the same type of road, but it's kind of like your photography is insane. And Claudius is oh, not a photographer, <laughs> but he's Holly, he's Hollywood, you know, he's Hollywood. And, yeah. and that, that's his niche. And then I'm trying to build something in the same format as him, which is kind of redundant. And I need to find my own path. So that's what I've been doing. I'm like, I'm going to do this, you know, if I if. If it wasn't for Ariana, and shout out to Ari Luna, uh, but if it wasn't for her, you know, allowing us to to bring these snakes every month, you know, for the past year and so, like, it's insane, you know, that we're booked from there. But we receive a lot of clients thanks to that. You know, if it wasn't for for them, that consistency, I think I wouldn't have left. You know, what I was doing before, like I I quit work, and then we started doing with the reptiles, and I'm like, okay, you know, we're doing good, so we're going to continue to push and push. And it's, like, overwhelming to the point, like, damn, like, it can grow so quick. Like, the snowball can get so big real quick.
4: (laughs) Exactly. And it all has to do with connections. Like, I I used to be irritated growing up hearing people say it's not about what you know but who you know and who knows you. I used to be irritated with that quote, but it makes so much sense because – I didn't hear about Claudius or see any of his work until I was like two or three years in. I was just because I was trying to find inspiration. I was tired of shooting women in bikinis with my snakes. And I was like, I need something (laughs) different. I need something different. And so I was on Instagram and I was like, I think hashtag snake models or hashtag snake photography on Instagram. And that's when all his stuff started popping up. And after seeing his work, his portfolio, I was like, yeah. He really is the father. That's why I joke on Instagram and say that's my dad. (laughs) I was like, like, he really is the father, and he really inspired me because I didn't think, I never thought snakes in music videos until I saw his work and what his snakes have done, being on T-Pain's music video or Tiger. And I was like, yo, I didn't even thought about that. And I'm in a city where it's all about music, you know the home of blues and rock and roll and all that stuff and so and there's a lot of great independent artists here in Memphis and so I've reached out to some people some people reached out to me and we're we're getting work done and now I'm starting to see you know the fruits of the labor but it's it's funny how it starts from like maybe one model or one photographer and then they recommend you to somebody else and then they recommend you to somebody else and I've even gotten some bookings just taking my Boa Jimmy to the park
0: here. Yeah. I'll yeah. just take
4: him to the park one Sunday, hang out, and then all of a sudden people come up to me, ask, hey, you know, that's a cool snake, and what do you do? Is this what you do all the time? And I tell them about my business, and then next thing I know, I'm getting phone calls and DMs by those people later <laughs> trying to book. So it, it really is about connections and the snowball effect of you know, one person can lead to five people real quick.
3: Yeah, and you know that saying whether they say you know a dud can bring a stud, it's true because you know somebody that doesn't want to buy it from you can eventually yeah. have a recommendation that will be fruit of of that labor that you're saying. You know, it's, it's gonna give. You just got to give it time, regardless yeah. <laughs> of what you're doing, whether you're so- selling bandanas or selling reptiles or working on YouTube. It's gonna, mm. it's gonna give.
4: Exactly. Exactly.
3: Elias, what is your morning routine as a teacher and your business? Do you have something that you do habitually?
4: Um, every morning, like I said earlier, every morning I say my thank you prayers. Um and then I try my best to do like positive affirmations. I, some, some mornings I skip because I'm so tired. <laughs> um, but I try to say something positive like today's going to be a great day or today I'm going to kill it or, you know, some something to lift my spirits. And then the first thing I do, check on all the animals make sure they're breathing some of them get sick and tired of me like i'll i'll, I'll get my hook <laughs> and poke one be like okay you're alive okay cool because i just my biggest fear is waking up and my babies aren't here anymore and mm. so i check on them and then i have to go and get my coffee before i do anything else i have to start making the coffee shower get dressed everything and then head to work and i have to get to work early like it, it used to be like 5 a.m but now i'm at a different school with different times so it's like 6 6, 6 37 um most days and i get there and i just prepare you know for for my day <laughs> yeah
0: so
4: i agree with you Boa guy.
3: bosa it, it, it is life <laughs> coffee, coffee is, life.
4: is life i can't live if i don't have coffee i'm grouchy the word <laughs> i'm grouchy for the rest of the day <laughs> <laughs>
3: Do you make your coffee or do you go to Starbucks or another coffee shop?
4: Most days I make it because it's a lot cheaper. We've got Keurig, So sometimes I use the pod, or sometimes I use the actual ground um, coffee and uh, the old school way. But on days that I'm rushing, because there'll be days I might have to take my nephew to school because he's in high school. Sometimes I have to take him early. Then I'll stop at like a Starbucks or so we have this local coffee shop that I love to death um, called City and State. I stay there twenty four seven. I'll be there in the morning, <laughs> first thing. So it's just um, those are my top places to go mostly. But Memphis is so. F- Memphis got a coffee shop on every corner. So if I don't feel like Starbucks, I'll go to one of the local mom and pops. Support them, and it's all good. All the flavors—they're different in their own right, and they're all good. <laughs>
3: I used to like coffee shops until I started insurance, you know, prospect (laughs) that insurance is.
4: I don't even want to know. Hey, I used to work in the food industry. Look, ignorance is
0: bliss. Ignorance is
3: (laughs) Man, I would stay there all day and just, you know, work, work, work.
4: (laughs) Uh, Yes. Oh, yeah. You get stuck. Sometimes I go there to edit like a video for YouTube and... What I I'll be like? Oh, this only gonna take me about thirty minutes. You know the Wi-Fi's good. I can just quick edit, upload it. I'll be there for like three hours. <laughs> they have good
3: seating, you know. <laughs> depending on the coffee shop you go to, sometimes they have you know couches, nice loungers. <laughs>
4: yeah, <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> Are you at school right now?
4: No, I'm actually. There's this there's this weird building in Memphis called Crosstown. It used to be a Sears back in the day. Sears factory. I don't know if y'all have, have those stores. Um, they, and, yeah, and they converted it. So it's a it's a coffee shop in here. It's a wing store in here. It's a grocery store in here. It's a high school in here. It's an apartment complex. It's like an all around one stop shop. And so I knew it had the strongest Wi Fi. That's why I came out here. And they stay open you, late when the coffee. You have phone. some good visual.
3: <laughs> like you got some good quality going um are you on your camera or is it your phone
4: no no i tried the phone on several other podcasts and it was trash <laughs> so uh, <laughs> i decided to try out my um youtube vlogging camera my sony zv1 and it took me a minute to get it set up like learn the settings but it's a game changer i love this little camera this camera was yeah. the best investment i made
3: and that's a mirrorless
4: uh actually it's a point and shoot oh yeah. Um, you know, back in the day when all the YouTube vloggers was on the Canon G7X. Well, this is like a, 10 times better. So it's a point of shoot. It has the flip out screen. It shoots 4K. I haven't done the 4K yet because it takes up so much memory, but it, it, it's, it's an amazing little small camera. It, I, I, it I use it. I use it way better than I use my mirrorless.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm tired
3: of carrying d- DSLR all the time, and and I've been using yeah. my iPhone to be honest, because like iPhone has some crazy visuals that these mm-hmm. days, you know, it's changed a lot. I think it's like 26 or 23 megapixels now.
0: Yeah, Let yeah, see-
4: all the yeah, the new Samsungs and the new iPhones have really gone up in camera. What body. was the retail
3: on, on your uh, your camera that you're using right now?
4: uh it was close to 700 like six something but they just brought out a a a different version of this a cheaper version it's like 499 um which is called the sony zv one f so where mine, where mine is where the lens pops out open when you cut it on this one does not the lens is like fixed but it's pretty much practically the same camera i looked up reviews and um other things and everybody's saying the same thing as far as picture quality and video quality It's the exact same camera the only difference is the lens is just fixed as is whereas mine it pops out and you can zoom in and out that's the only
3: difference Mm. oh zoom is pretty convenient (laughs) yeah
4: (laughs) yeah (laughs) so but i I love it I, i don't regret a dime but I would recommend Sony ZV-1 or the Sony ZV-1F for one. the more affordable. <laughs> no, Bosa iPhone is not over everything.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm a Samsung person.
3: <laughs> you know, it depends on quality. You know, if, if if you're using it for your television, I use Samsung. But when it comes to, like, cameras... <laughs> Yeah, I stay away yeah. from <laughs>
0: <laughs> I actually got the chat going
4: on my phone so I can see the comments. <laughs> I argue when I used to work at Target, I did the electronics and I used to talk to all the cell phone guys. They would tell me all the secrets. And I'm like, I, I don't see why people spend money on iPhones. And then they have this elitist mindset that iPhones are better. And it's like, no iPhones have Samsung parts in it (laughs) like and it took them 20 years to catch up as far as the cameras go. (laughs)
3: You know, when I when I knew it was a game changer was when I heard I heard my cousin say something when I was younger. He he was going through his his list, his naughty list on his iPhone. He's like, you know why I like iPhone? Because when I watch my porn, it doesn't come off. And when I watch it on Samsung, I get blacklisted. (laughs) I'm like, man, that's a game changer. (laughs)
0: No, no, no. You gotta
4: be friends with people who sell the cell phones because they taught Mm -hmm. me how to get into the um the manual where the developers, the developers um settings. Once I unlocked that, it was OV. Can't nothing. My phone is (laughs) can't man. Samsung is great. <laughs> Once you get into cool. developer
0: mode, you're good.
3: <laughs> There's a lot of hacks and a lot of ways you can, even with like the iPhones, you can jailbreak them. You know, it's, yeah. it's a lot of cool stuff you can do. Clover's <laughs> Reptiles, Alvo, thank you so much for joining, man. Supporting thank him, you for supporting. Brother. Thank
4: you. Thank you, Clover's.
3: And we got a little bit off track there, but that's good. It's a good conversation. <laughs>
4: <laughs> hey hey I'm all for for a cell phone debate <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah iPhones will they're good for certain things you know but if you want great quality in, in in good memory I would say you know Samsung all the way if you want just life of battery I think Samsung will keep it your iPhone is dead within like six hours and you're done for it
4: exactly <laughs> my my siblings always asking me for my chargers. All of them, Mm because their phones die.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So why did you choose reptiles or animals and the whole thing?
4: I grew up on my granddaddy's farm. And it's kind of funny because none of my parents like animals. Um, So I grew up on my granddad's farm when I was a kid. And while my mom was in school, because she was in college at the time, um, my granddaddy would babysit me and... We will always be out into his field because he has a bunch of land he raised goats he raised pigs he raised everything but cows and horses pretty much whatever animal he could find he was raising and i was helping That's him cool. out and he taught me he was the one who taught me all about the circle of life before lion king came out he was like don't get <laughs> attached. he said don't get attached to these pigs because they're going to end up on the dinner table. And I was like, no, grandpa, no. <laughs> but I've always had the instinct in me to love animals. This has always been my thing ever since I was a child. But I didn't know there was a possibility of owning reptiles until I was an adult. And I met some people who had snakes and stuff. Um, but even when I was a kid, I remember my granddad saying, telling me and my cousins, hey, if you're out in the yard and you see a snake, let me know and I'll kill it. And there have been plenty of times where I see snakes in the yard and I didn't say nothing. I don't know why. I, just, I was like, nah. Granddad ain't finna shoot this. Uh-uh. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's just how I've always been. And so once I realized you can actually own reptiles and keep them as pets, it was it was over. One snake <laughs> became
3: three,
4: two snakes became ten, and now I'm at fifteen.
3: <laughs> and have you kept any lizards or any type of caimans or I anything? I've had
4: a crested gecko, um, moonlight i've had him for like four years and then i tried to switch up his enclosure make him more bioactive and i messed up got the wrong substrate and he got impacted but i hope Mm. to get more lizards soon i just gotta work out the kinks and what i messed up with the enclosures and stuff because i never want that to happen again that broke my heart um but i I do want to get crested geckos again i do want to get a leechy gecko my dream lizard that i want to get hopefully next year is a rhino iguana i love Um, those yeah josh has some right
3: now did you see his babies
4: oh man Uh, yes i did man i i just love i don't know why i love those lizards but i do and i want one so bad
3: (laughs) rhinos are insane i have one right here actually she's like put her outside in the enclosure today she's outside in- <laughs> yeah she's outside. Yeah.
4: every time every time you post yours i get so happy i'm like yes <laughs>
3: i need to start posting her more often
4: man man yeah, man i, I can't wait like I, I love rhino iguana so much that i got a name already prepared and saved like i'm not naming no snake after this character until i get my rhino iguana <laughs> <laughs> then, yeah. I want to name it Maleficent. So
0: okay. <laughs> that's as close, yeah, that to, fits. That,
4: that's close as a dragon as I'm going to get. Cause I cannot afford to feed and care for a black dragon.
3: Black dragons are insane.
4: Yes, they are. I mean, I got the land and I'm pretty sure my dad can help me build like water, like a pool for them. But I'm thinking about that bill. Cause they're carnivores, man. That bill, that, li- that on bill for years, like no, I'm trying to go vegan. <laughs> so I'm trying not to <laughs> not to buy steaks and chickens.
3: <laughs> yeah, the light bill goes up. Fussy, I pay like,
0: a <laughs>
3: yeah, four to six hundred, you know, per, per building mm. if, if I have somewhere else at, at a homie's house and paying another two hundred dollars, it, it, it adds up quick. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. What was your line of business or your previous career? Or has reptiles always been like kind of your first business
4: this? Uh, well, like I said, the photography stuff started maybe a year or two before the reptiles. So I was, you know, just a young photographer. I've always had a camera in my hand ever since I was younger. Um, but as far as professional goes uh, the photography, I was like shooting models or doing like family members, weddings and birthday parties. So that was my first legit business that I started before the reptiles. I just technically just added the reptiles to it. And then as the reptile part grew, I kind of lost the love of regular photography, like shooting humans. And it was and then also <laughs> then also, you know, people don't take photographers seriously. They either don't pay on time or don't pay at all and then expect you to deliver the photos or they're late for appointments or you know, they lowball you and try to haggle your prices. And it was like, you know what, I'm done with it. So technically I retired as a photographer, but you know, it just focused on the snakes, like the snake rentals and stuff. But whenever I feel inspired, I got a couple of model friends I could call and say, Hey, I feel like doing a photo shoot. You want to, you know, meet up and we'll get it done. And then I'll post on Instagram and that's it. But professional wise, the reptiles is the main business.
3: Yeah, that's that's cool, and, and I understand. Like, there's a lot of stuff that goes on into the photography business or the industry. There's a lot of animosity as well as jealousy, and you know, we run into different oh my businesses. Gosh.
4: Yes, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's another reason why I got out the game because it would be photographers that would pretend to be your friends up close, but then be on social media talking and mad shit, and it was like, y'all, it's just pictures. It's not that serious. Y'all are kids. And technically, a lot of y'all, at least in my city, a lot of these photographers, their style is the exact same. There's only a few photographers here that style is different from everybody else and stand out. And I love working with them personally. And it's like, y'all are just so, y'all arguing about stuff and y'all create the same photos. Y'all work with the same (laughs) models. So, every picture (laughs) on Instagram looks the exact same. Why are we doing this? <laughs> like, I was like you know I'm over this whole community. I'm just gonna stick with the reptiles. If a photographer wants to book them, cool. Pay me my money, and that's it. Like, but as far as being a part of the rat race, I'm not. A, I'm. I'm not
0: with that. <laughs> yeah,
3: no. See, it, when I put out my stuff, I just put it on my website, and I put. I put a book link. And i Mm -hmm. just set my prices and people hit me up so it's like you have to set a deposit with me before you even get booked i'm not gonna make everything and set up everything all nice and then you don't show up no
4: (laughs) some people do that like legit this is when i really realized i quit (laughs) legit (laughs) a a girl called me she doesn't even live in the city she called me booked me for my photography service i rented a studio because i got friends who own studios i rented studio time all this jazz, all she had to do is just show up. And she paid the deposit, she paid the deposit, she paid the deposit, and thank God I listed the contract that it's non-refundable, because the day of, not even, I, t- I text her that morning. Actually, I text her the night before, then I text her that morning to confirm, she waited to an hour, no, not even an hour, 30 minutes before the shoot to say, hey, I got anxiety, I can't show up. I was like, what? So, luckily, my friends who own the studio was like, Hey, you can use the seal town whenever you know they gave me a rain check, I didn't have to pay another deposit like that. But I was like, We just wasted money, just got out of my pocket. Yeah, like I just so I was like, My business shouldn't be losing money because Mm -hmm. the clients don't respect. So, it's like, you know what, Mm -hmm. photography is just a hobby, it's just something I do for fun, for people, and work with for people that I know and like, and then. You know everybody else now. When they and I still get calls to this day, like, "Hey, can you do my wedding? Can you do my birthday party?" I got, you know, I'm graduating. I'm like, "Nope, I'm retired." Here go three other photographers. You can put. (laughs) 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 I'm like, I'm. It it gets
3: it's it is stressful, you know, and it's fun to do it to get the the hang of it and just to figure out what you. Photographers do photography and they don't figure out what their rain is or what their rain is, what their track is, because everybody has some type of niche that makes them special and unique. But if they don't figure that out, they're going to be mimicking everything else that they see. And that's what I found myself doing in the beginning. And I was like, no, I don't like it. I'm going to switch my camera. I'm going to flip (laughs) my whole body around to see how it looks. I just got creative with it because I love to see things in different different mirrorings. And when it comes to a person, there's so many, so many good views of a of a male and a female. As yeah. guys, guys have guys have beautiful bodies and in, in, in proportions rather than females. I think that yeah. both stand in their own different ways, and that's what people don't value sometimes. You know, yeah,
0: the other day yeah. I went like,
3: down to, to the coffee shop. Actually, it was a Kava bar, and there was this guy, military guy. I'm like, bro, you should really like. Look into booking, like forget the whole buying the snakes. Like your body's like you look like Hercules. Like, like I need to put two snakes around <laughs> you, you look fine. <laughs> like you meet those people and you're like, he would look sick with the burn. <laughs> <laughs>
4: sometimes yes, yeah, sometimes I could just be out in a store and I see someone and I'm like a part of me wants to go up to you and ask you, could I do a photo shoot with you and my snakes? But another part of me don't want to look like a creep, but it's like, they're so photogenic and it's like, oh my gosh, all these ideas are popping up in my head <laughs> and it has yeah. It's just artistic inside of me. Like, even though I—I'm no, I'm no longer doing it as a business, the photographer's eyes never left me. So I can, and sometimes I could be, someone could just be holding my snakes just to, Cause just cause they think they're cool. And in my brain, I done took about 20 different photos in my brain. Like, man, this will be a cool shot. That will be a cool shot. That'll be a cool shot. And, it, and then it you figure to.
3: out, you, you look at them and you're like, damn, these are all nice, but I can't, I got to oh. just give them all.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and I feel you. Cause like, like being a passion within a creative, because we're creatives first before we're photographers. Yeah. The creativity comes to mind where you're looking at something and you have to make it look good, mm-hmm. funny, or portray some type of emotion. And people don't yeah. think about the, those things. They're like, I'm going to just take a shot. It looks cool because I have my iPhone or I have my <laughs> DSLR. No, bro. Like there's different thought process that goes into it. And I, it's not to disrespect the people or the, the amateurs, but there's a lot of that goes into it that that yes. not a lot the like, common person thinks of, you know?
4: Yeah, nobody thinks about the location. Nobody thinks about the wardrobe. Nobody thinks about, like, even when people are booking my snakes and I'm not the photographer, it might be another photographer, sometimes I'll reach out to the photographer and ask, what is the wardrobe? Because certain snakes look good with certain color schemes or mm-hmm. certain clothing. Um, and so, like, for example... Kita, she's my blue-eyed leucistic. Blue she's an all-white snake. There are certain clothes. When the camera lens hits it, like in the light, the flashes hits it. it she's she's gonna be blown out. She can't take a picture in front of a yellow dress. Like they can Like that snake has to be with something more earth tones or or darker because she's an all-white snake. And when the camera flashes and the light hits her, certain colors you're not going to know the model's holding the snake. So if people don't- That or when it, you it, come it. with-
3: Exactly. They don't. And, they don't and, and I'm it. sorry to cut you off there, but like the other thing is like when they have skin colored clothing of the snake, yeah. take oh take it gosh. off. Here's some, <laughs> here's another shirt. Try it on. <laughs>
4: I, can't tell you how many, I can't tell you how many photo shoots I went to where the bikinis or the dress or the outfit was snake print. And it's a different- <laughs> Then it'll be a different snake print than the snakes I have. I'm bringing a python or a boa, and they got a dog on anaconda dress somehow. Like, it's not going to look right, y'all. It's not. We got to do a wardrobe change, or I got to get a different snake. It's not going to happen.
3: There, there was only one time at the club where I felt that that was appropriate. The, the lady was holding. Her name is uh, Luna, or Celine, I believe her is, her name is, uh owner of Luna Scrubs. She had a, a, a white, or not white, a purple skirt but it was the, the print of like a crocodile skin it looks so pretty like uh, I think I think the picture is on there but it's very contrasting on my white berm and then the oh, background wow. was black so you could see everything like it, it was just a it good shot
0: perfect, the perfect, perfect.
3: <laughs> but you do get those like the white snake like you're saying it's really hard to get a contrast or any type of color because it's so much bright coloration and like the Burmese that we have the white uh, uh, ivory. Uh, she has a little bit of yellow speckling on the top. So mm-hmm. if you, like, zoom into it, you can see, like, the, the yellow speckling. And I yeah, think yeah. that might help to, like, kind of, like, tone it. Kind of, like, primes the color, I think. Like, kind of like when you put makeup on and you prime the color before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's, like, that same color. I think that's what's happening with that snake or because it, it just grabs so much, like, the perfect lighting, I think.
4: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's, woo. Yeah, those are those are the challenges that comes with working with these animals and photography. Like people think, oh, I just hold the snake in my hand or wrap it around my neck or put it on my waist and that's it. Like snapshots, that's it. And I'm like, no, no. It takes if you want a nice photo, if you want a memorable photo, it takes a lot of thoughts behind it.
3: And then you know Billy or, or Atlas wants to move you know another thirteen minutes while we're trying to set you up, and then he is, his face ends up somewhere else.
4: And, uh, come on,
3: uh, oh cooperate. My
4: gosh, yeah. <laughs> oh my that that that'd be the funny part when you when the model wants the snake in a certain direction or the head close to their face and stuff, and the snake is like, "Nope, leave me alone." <laughs> and they're wrestling Jimmy the boa because you know wrestling a boa is very tough because that's all muscles and i Mm -hmm. just sit back and i'd be like sometimes i'll just sit back and be like you need help (laughs) (laughs) i (laughs) I always
3: ask first like out of respect but i I always say because it's hard i understand it's really hard to set it up and i let them know i'm like hey like it's really hard to set it up so i always set the snake how do you want me to place it let Mm -hmm. me know you know, if you feel comfortable with me putting it on, if not, your partner or your friend can put it on. It's however, but yeah. I'll guide them. Uh, but it, it's like that. Like, it's easy to put on. But the moment they start moving, it's like, come on, cooperate.
4: <laughs> yes, i sitting there my, with the hook. Yeah, all pythons <laughs> are easy because, the well, I'm not going to say all are easy. Jasmine can be pretty flighty and moving around. But for the most part, they can be still once you place them where you need to place them. But my boy Jimmy... Boa constrictors don't give a fuck about your photos. They're going to move. No, They're they going to clump. Yeah. You're trying to have them around your waist, and he's going to go up to your head. So you, you're going to get a lot of head shots.
3: And you know, like pythons, they usually move and they slither forward or they caress to the sides. And like uh-huh. boas will be like, hey, I'm right here. I'm over here. Uh-huh. <laughs> like a straight 180. Like, come on, bro. Like, you were just looking straight at me.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
3: And we deviated again.
4: Hey, that's hey. I love when we deviate because that, that, that makes great conversations.
3: <laughs> it does. As a child, did you remember what you wanted to be when you grow up?
4: Of course. As a child, as a ch- when I was a kid, I told my mom two things. I said, one, I'm going to work for Walt Disney. And two, I'm going to be a vet. How those two ever combine, I have no idea, but that's just how my child brain goes. I'm ADHD, probably. It just went, you (laughs) know, from from ages five to seven, I wanted to work for Walt Disney. From eight, Even though I can't draw a lick to save my life. And then from seven to like 15, I'm going to be a vet. And then I get to school, take biology. First, I went to school, took art classes, realized I couldn't draw anything beyond stick figures. Figures. And then I decided, "Okay, I'm just gonna be a vet then," and realized that I don't like the sight of blood and guts. <laughs> so, <laughs> and and the fact that I was like, "Wait a minute, my job? I have to put a dog to sleep? Like, no, I can't do that." So, that's when I got to college and realized, you know, I'm just gonna go get a degree in like film and video productions because my my childhood dreams are all crushed.
0: <laughs>
3: I think I could relate with being, like, you said you were wanting to go into vet tech or becoming an official veterinarian?
4: Oh, well, uh, official vet. Yeah. Growing up as a kid, I I kept saying I was going to be a vet, like, telling everybody that.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I worked at PetSmart probably 2015 to the end of 2015, probably beginning of 2016, and after seeing like Banfield, like I would walk in and take out their garbage or clean up after them, and like seeing how they put like the, the bottle into the anal of the dog to take out mm. the stool,
2: I'm yeah. like, you know,
3: it, 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 it. I love people. I'm very humanitarian. But when it comes to sticking things up in other animals, <laughs> but I'm a little bit like, damn, like I can I can stay away from it. Like there was this podcast we had not too long ago with with Mean Mug. He was telling me that you had to squeeze a Frenchie's shit out after they become a certain age because of the breed. I'm like, why the fuck mm. are they breeding these animals? Like it's insane. Mm. Like like I can't do with that stuff. <laughs> like I could yeah. kill you there. Like and they, <laughs> and they don't
4: tell you this in elementary school. Like they're like, oh, you can be, when you grow up, you can be a vet and save animals. You can save an animal a sick animal's life. They don't tell you all that nasty,
0: gruesome stuff.
3: <laughs> Mm-mm mm And then you're dealing with other species, you know, reptiles, and then let's say you don't like reptiles, or you don't like hamsters or rabbits. Like, who's going you know, to feed Billy the Bob or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
4: But I think my biggest thing, because I'm just so sensitive, I can never put anything to sleep. Like, I yeah. witnessed the... I, I, our family rescued a puppy years ago, but we found him in the woods, actually, in, on my granddaddy's property. We didn't realize he had Parvo, Um, Mm. because we took him to the vet, but by the time we took to the vet to get his shots, it was too late. He already had it in his system, so the Mm. shots weren't gonna do anything. And I literally had him in my lap and watched him take his last breath, and I lost. So, imagine being a vet and you got to do that all the time Mm -mm. like just giving them that shot to put them to sleep. I couldn't do it like that. I cried like a little bitch, man. I did. I did. I Uh, I uh, I called uh, out, I called off off work that day. I said, I can't go, I can't come to work, I don't feel (laughs) good. I was I was sad. I was messed up for days after that. I was like, yeah, this career ain't for me. I can't do it. Yeah.
3: It it's stressful when you have that love and affection for that animal. You know, and it's somehow you grow from it and like having reptiles. I I've, I've lost a lot of reptiles. I actually lost a leopard uh, not a lot of leopard gecko, a crested gecko from Josh from South mm-hmm. Bay Reptiles. The same thing, but it it was because I didn't have the right husbandry kind of like you the substrate you know the impaction but mine was because of the airflow it was just too compacted i guess the airflow wasn't properly or it was too sealed Uh, my temperatures might have been too raising, and it caused you know some type of fungal infection but i saw like little warts at the bottom of the belly and i sent him pictures and he said that he had you know no notice of it it was very healthy i had it for like a month already so it's like it was my fault so yeah, it was, a, it was a, it was a learning curve. Um, I had a bioactive enclosure set up for it, but you know, it's still waiting for another crested gecko. But at this <laughs> point it's like, you, like you, you get emotional and, like the only time I cry in front of like people is when I'm like very emotional or like my animals, like, uh, I don't give a shit if you're in front of me, who the fuck you are. If my animal drops dead, <laughs> I'm going to sit there and cry like a little bitch exactly. because that's that's me and that's that's the love that I have of my animal.
4: <laughs> exactly. And I'm the same. And I don't get how, you know how when we were kids we might have had a hamster, it died and then our parents just went and got another one. I, I can't do that. I can't just uh-uh. go back. That's why it's taking so long for me to get another crested gecko because it's like no one's I going don't... to replace Moonlight. Like, mm-hmm. no. Like I feel guilty. Like... I want another lizard, but I'm still grieving <laughs> the last. <laughs> yeah, you gone. get I attached. I can't bounce back. And like I've already told my my family, once my dog that I have now, once she passed, because you know the dogs don't live as long as reptiles. once she passed, yep. that's it on dogs. I'm not getting another dog. I'm not making that type of commitment again. I can't. Yes. I'll, I'll find See, another we, guard animal, but it won't be a dog.
3: <laughs> well, we have blue healer puppies. If you're interested, we'll send you one out. Out to Memphis. <laughs>
4: oh, bluey, <laughs> I do need a bluey in my life.
3: <laughs> yeah, they're pretty. There's, there's one that's a chocolate. There's a uh like a full-on blue. There's a couple that are pretty cute. They just posted them on Craigslist too.
4: Oh wow, that's crazy. Nah, I think, are- I, I think I'm, I'm done with this. Once a coyote goes to heaven, I'm done. <laughs> oh wow, those are pretty oh see see don't show me that because then i'm gonna try to find a way to ship it down here
3: (laughs) i got you it's 500 in shipping and we'll just give you the dog
4: (laughs) no 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 i can't i can't i don't need another first of all my my current dog will kill that dog out of jealousy
3: (laughs) (laughs) what type of dog do you have right now
4: i have a chocolate lab pitbull mix and she's she's cool with dogs at a dog park but any dog that comes to our house, oh no, it's it's bloodshed. She she don't she don't like no guests in the on our property.
3: <laughs> See, that's like our dog Kalua. She she's very antsy, and like whenever anybody walks in through the door, she automatically wants to bite them, and just she's very anxious. And yeah. we, you know, we take her on walks. She gets her exercise outside with the dogs. She plays around with her toys. She's a very active dog. And it might be hard yeah. on her because she she is what like eight nine months right now so she's still mm. a puppy so it's like oh, yeah, she's still yeah, learning yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. but no, she's very just, like anxious and happy
4: <laughs> yeah mine's just territorial well if we're out in public she's cool she'll play with any dog out there big or small no issues if that come where we live she no <laughs> she's ready to fight she's she yeah. chased the coyote out once <laughs> and i was just like you're gonna die <laughs> Why? You're gonna die. <laughs> you' ain't
3: stepping my property.
4: <laughs> yeah, she's crazy.
3: Who do you consider an idol? It might not be a person. Maybe it's an animal or someone in your life that you consider an idol or motivational piece.
4: Man, my I don't believe in having idols because humans are trash. But I will say. The closest were both my grandparents, my grandma, and my granddad, and they both passed away a year and a day from each other. Like my grandma passed away in 2017, and then my granddad passed away in 2018, a year and a day anniversary of her death. So my idols are no longer here, but I feel like they're still here in spirit. But yeah, those are the only people that I hold in such high regard. Now, there are role models I look up to, but yeah. Saying someone's my idol or someone that I have such a revere, like on a pedestal, no, nah, they were just my grandparents. That that's about it. But as far relate. as but as far as you know, there are certain people in the creative space I look up to, and there's certain people in the reptile space. So in the creative space, there's this um There's several photographers out there um, that I really love, like from National Geographic and stuff like that. Um, There is this lady photographer. Her name is Ann. Oh, I forgot her last name. It's slipping my mind right now. Uh, If I wasn't on a podcast, it would have came to me just like that. But um, she shoots a lot of things for Vanity Fair, like any famous Vanity Fair cover you've ever seen, she most likely shot it. Um, She was the first photographer I really looked up to while I was in college, like looking at different artists. Um, Of course, growing up, Walt Disney was my favorite creative of all time, my favorite businessman of all time. That's why I said when I was a kid, I was going to work for him, not knowing he was already dead by the time I was alive, (laughs) Um, but um, when it comes to like creating things like the 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 movies, the videos and stuff, he was the GOAT for me. And then reptiles, animals, wildlife, Steve Irwin, Bob Bar, uh Um Bartcheck, Brian Barchek, um Kevin McCurley. I love people. Brian. Yeah, I, uh yes, yes. Um those are like my reptile animal heroes, um, to be exact. That's crazy
3: there's a lot of uh, inspiration that you we might relate on both um, with Brian Barczyk as well and Steve Irwin i remember as a kid steve irwin would be on tv and then after that episode would be done not only with the crocodile hunter i would go on to nat geo and then i start watching shit about whales and about how mm-hmm. you know different species around the planet so like he was the 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 breaking ground i think for animal planet oh, you know wow. the guy who who brought you know that knowledge to kids and the interest in wildlife and keeping and conservation that's what he was about like he didn't give a shit you know what anybody else cared about him he was so enthusiastic with this stuff and he just did him (laughs) it it was his own happiness it was very unique because of his energy kind of like brian barczyk you know even to this moment and i can i can say like this is very difficult and it's so admirable I'm Admir- ad- admirable for him to, to actually do that or go through it because my dad as soon as they did the biopsy and he had the same thing pancreatic cancer he was working at a hospital when he found out that he had this oh wow he was working at university medical center here in Tucson and when he went to lunch he was having lunch with one of his co-workers and her co-worker says hey you're, you're you look yellow like if you have a jaundice And uh, he felt like sick to his stomach and he went to the restroom and he was, he had uh, blood in his stool. So uh, at that point, when, when they saw that, they did a biopsy of the tumor because what had happened with my dad is that when he was younger, he had a gallbladder issue and they did a conjunct joint chin or something happened in the operation where it sprouted a root and that root hit the pancreas. And when it hit the pancreas, it made an abscess. And that abscess became cancerous. So when they cut my dad that that abscess within like 48 hours, I'm not kidding you. He dropped like 20 pounds of water weight. Oh, wow. Within like oh, 70, within 72 hours, his entire body was just filled with abscesses of cancerous abscesses. Mm. It, was, it was like they, they made the, the abscess just like triple or quadruple. So it's like. It's insane to see, you know, Brian going through this and like a champ.
4: Yeah. Because my, yeah.
3: my dad, within a month, he was dead. Wow. And he couldn't sustain any food. He lost 148 pounds, the guy who weighed almost 300 pounds. You know, mm. he was 98, 98 pounds when he died. You know, from 300 to that point, he was That's just pure bone.
4: Ooh, I'm so sorry you had to go through that, and that your family had to go through that. Um, no,
3: it's, yeah, it's okay. that's, that's appreciate that.
4: Appreciate that. Ooh, that's tough. And like earlier this year, my aunt got diagnosed with breast cancer. And honestly, when I got the text life message, life. when I got the text message, I was just like, because I've always, I've always done um, one of my second hobbies that I don't really promote much is that i love doing 5ks and 10ks like walking them and stuff like that and i always do the St. jude i always do the breast cancer walks and i always hear these stories of people who've gone through but i never thought it was gonna hit this close to home and i only yeah. got one aunt, so it's like when i got yeah. that news i was just i didn't even know what to say i think all i text my mom was okay wow like, but I was just heartbroken. Now, luckily she did the chemo stuff and um thank God she was able to ring the bell when they said they no longer can find the cancer in her body. She was able to ring the bell at the doctor's office. They celebrated, but that was a scary moment because I was just like, It's just that C word, cancer. It's just it's it's tough. And like I'm always doing the St. true runs and walks and seeing those kids i can't imagine a child a grown person is already heartbreaking but imagine a child who has to Mm. go through chemo or go through any of those operations stuff it's just it's heartbreaking that's why i I just hate i just hate cancer for real like it's just horrible but i do commend brian for not only going through it but sharing it because a lot of people fight these battles on their own they don't tell you nothing and I mean, look at, look at um, the actor Chadwick Bozeman. None of us knew until he was gone. And that's yep. and, but to have someone like Brian going through it, but he decided to share it with everybody and have the community around him to back him up and protect him and hold him up and pray for him and stuff. I, I commend it. It's 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 very brave because not a lot yeah. of people do. A lot of people rather suffer in silence
3: it is but he's also thinking not only he's he's a selfless man you can see it you mm-hmm. know all the things all the things he's doing is is to leave that legacy not for him because exactly. at the end of the day it, you know it's it is what it is yeah. that's a lot of power to him and the people that don't uh, see it go fuck yourself
4: <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> we're not going to pay those haters anymore like mm-hmm. they just want to be better, but had it been anybody had it been them or anybody close to them mm-hmm. they wouldn't be talking such trash online yeah but but what i've realized is that those people are just hurt people yeah they're hurting they're miserable so yeah i don't pay them no mind
3: exactly and and when they when they criticize and and when it's not constructive criticism you can feel the energy and when that comes from frame it's because that person feels themselves it's like a mirror you know that they feel that way about themselves and in order Mm -hmm. to fix that error in themselves they're going to put that person down that made them feel that way it's like go heal man you know, it's and in, in, in going back to your grandparents, I can, I can relate that in the spiritual portion because what is a grandfather, a person or a grandmother, a person who has gone through what they've gone in life and they probably already healed, so that makes them a beautiful soul to admire right. and actually have some type of idolization because at that point they're peer, you know, they right. they've gone through the steps that we are barely going through, you know. And exactly.
4: <laughs> Like they've been through it all, they've seen it all. My granddad fought so many wars. He I'm pre, He don't talk about it. He don't talk about his past in the army and stuff, but I'm pretty sure he done murdered some people. He done seen people get killed. He done seen his homeboys get killed. Actually, I found out years later as an adult that, you know, he was previously married before he married my grandma and, he, and they had a child together. Um, he went off to war, came back and the child had died. And oh, so shit. just imagine you going off to war, fighting in a country, a uh, foreign land. You seeing all the traumatic shit you're seeing out there and then come home and find out that you lost your child.
3: Can you imagine the levels of PTSD? And
4: my granddaddy uh, don't talk about that stuff. Like I didn't find out till till adulthood from other people. Like he still, I'm pretty sure he has a lot of horror stories he didn't took to the grave, but damn. out. Outwardly, with us, you know, us growing up with him, you know, he just, he just, he just was, uh, he was crazy. He he was quick to cuss you out, but he also had a level of enlightenment and a level yeah. of like, I've seen some shit and I'm going to teach you so you don't have to go through the same shit I've seen. And yeah. I, I, that's what I respect him so much. That's why and some elders, that.
3: like, like my grandmother from my dad's side, she can be an asshole. And like, you you can feel like that those people are still so, so bunched up and they haven't yet found out, you know, like found out. (laughs) So it's kind of hard for them to do, to actually help anyone or to feel any compassion. So they become grumpy and just tired all the time. I don't know, it's some type of state of mind.
0: Yeah. Um,
3: And I think that what's, that might be what sprouts Alzheimer's and others other diseases you know mental diseases because they don't have anything to entertain the mind to continue Mm -hmm. with growth and and they become dormant it's like you're doing it to yourself
4: exactly exactly and yeah i i totally agree with you there
3: (laughs) what do you think your spirit animal is
4: I've been thinking about that question for a while. Um, (laughs) Growing up up as a kid, I always thought I was going to be like a wolf. You know, that was my favorite animal growing up. Then as I got older, you know, tigers were the thing. And now I'm in reptiles. But if I could choose a spirit animal, I wouldn't even pick a reptile. To me, I would pick something like a falcon or a hawk, like a bird of prey yeah we have a bunch of them out where I live. um like our yard is filled with hawks and owls, and sometimes I just sit outside and just look at them flying above and sometimes i i' I'll, I'll get lucky enough to catch them coming down and snatching prey and stuff like that. um but I feel like i, I admire a bird of prey um yeah. and that's to me, that level of freedom that's what i strive for growing uh like in life to have a level of freedom of a bird not just any bird but a bird that could take down anybody <laughs> or anything so i would say probably like a hawk or a falcon or an eagle or something like that
3: an eagle yes
4: yeah, some no. big gracious monster that <laughs> you don't see coming until they up on you <laughs> the
3: american the bald what is it? The bald American eagle.
4: Those aren't even my favorite ones. Uh, really? My favorite one is the the real Tarzan. He has it tattooed on his head. The harpy eagle. Um, oh, okay. The harpy. That bird is beautiful, and it's big. It is huge. I I don't think any other animal can come close to that. I just love that bird. That that's my favorite eagle out of the birds.
3: <laughs> you said it was called a harpy.
4: I think so. H arpy but uh the real tarzan he actually has it tattooed on the back of his head like those are majestic there's some photos on google um of a guy sitting right next to one and i was like and they said that those are like gentle giants like they're not vicious and i was like man if i could go out to the jungles and see that up close in person like they their main diet in the wild is like sloths they could pick a full-grown sloth out the trees. Yeah, that's that
0: right
3: the idea Damn.
0: Mm,
4: that's my favorite one. Yes.
3: Look at the size of that.
4: Yeah. Exactly. Holy
0: <laughs> and there, and, shit!
4: And the last time, and the last time I researched, I was like, "What zoos in America has a harpy eagle?" I think oh, it's only one. <laughs> Not look Elton
3: John. <laughs>
4: exactly. <laughs> not many zoos in america have have them in captivity
3: that is a beauty
4: yes those birds are amazing so i I would probably say that's mostly my spirit animal which will shock a lot of people because they would think my spirit animal is a reptile
3: (laughs) wow that's crazy yeah i would have never thought you know a bird it almost reminds me of like the griffin from like harry potter
4: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what inspired that. Whoever created the first Griffin or whatever wrote or that tall tale, I'm pretty sure it was a Harpe Eagle that they saw.
3: Yeah, they're beautiful. Do they have those at San Diego Zoo?
4: I think so. That might be the zoo that's the only one that got it. Because I think it's only like one or two zoos in America that has it. Like they're very rare.
3: I might have I even did. blogged it. I don't even know. Yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if San Diego Zoo is the, the one, the rare yeah. <laughs> that has it. Yeah.
3: yeah, there was a lot of pretty birds when we went. Um, they had this gray one, kind of like the Harpe, but it didn't have any feathers like from the neck down. It was oh, like okay. body. Almost mm. like a long neck turkey. That's how it looked. Mm. Do you have any animal that you seem to resemble or you believe is similar to you besides the harpe like an animal that in the animal kingdom that you have any personal traits that are like a fond to you
4: um i do have it tattooed on me it's kind of hard to see but the elephant so um i got this when my grandma passed away because um elephants are very family oriented they're all yes, about family girl and they the the went the females rule so there is no alpha male the queen the queen elephant the the like the eldest female is the ruler and that's how my family grew up like yes we did have strong powerful men in our family like my granddad but the women ran the show you know oh, yeah. what I'm saying, my grandma. Was Even in the
3: the, the the Hispanic cultures, or the like, the, the Colombian cultures, or like the Latin cultures, the yeah. grandma is always the one who runs the show. If yeah. Nana doesn't say it's okay, or Mama Grande doesn't say it's okay, there's no okay. You're not exactly. going to prom. <laughs> You're not doing anything.
4: <laughs> exactly like there have been times where i would try to you know be sneaky any every child done that be sneaky go off to granddaddy be like hey can i have this can i have this ice cream go ask your grandma i be like oh god
3: <laughs>
4: <it." laughs> i already know what she's gonna say
3: <laughs> Come on, granddad. So, yeah, I, I would
4: say spiritually i relate more with the elephants like the females in our family rule. They're the, they're, they're the top. And, and we're all close. We're very close. We stick up for each other. Even when we fight and cuss each other out and all this other jazz, it's like we're at the end of the day, you don't mess with us.
3: And they never forget. They never forget.
4: You don't mess with none of us. Like we, we go down (laughs) together. Even like me and my siblings, if we get in trouble, we gonna get in trouble together. There is no I. <laughs> we are a team here.
3: Like the episodes uh Brian Barcheck and, and Steve Irwin put out almost the same episodes in the wild where they were like in front of a uh, elephant herd. That stuff yeah. was crazy. Like the way humans are definitely garbage. LOL. Yeah, we yeah. are garbage. We are. 24
0: <laughs>
4: Yes, KT. Yes. <laughs> yes. We are. Humans are trash. And like to. So, I don't understand to shoot or hurt an elephant or a rhino or a hippo. I just don't understand it. Like, they don't do anything to anybody.
3: At the same time, we shouldn't have developed consciousness, you know. We're not worthy of it. We're We're not not worthy. (laughs) 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 I think another another animal should have developed it.
4: (laughs) Exactly. They should not have gave it to us.
3: (laughs) Mm -mm. what is your favorite animal
4: that changes that fluctuates like i said growing up the wolf and the tiger uh i went i went to a zoo a little bit outside of tennessee and met a sloth for the first time fell in love with it it's like it just fluctuates so I, i can't pick but i will say consistently snakes have been my favorite snakes and gators snakes and gators because I used to live in Florida uh, for a little time while I was in college and I would yeah, see gators. We I would see gators crossing the street and you know Florida people just didn't care. Like we're sitting at a bus stop waiting for the bus to pick us up and an alligator just walking on by across the street. We're like oh, okay cool. <laughs> now now the, the Tennessean in me was like don't y'all see that? Like y'all did not just see that? And everybody else was like <laughs> It is what it is.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Like they're not even snapping it at that point.
4: (laughs) Yeah, it's like. And and back then, I wish I took pictures. It was like, but back then, you're back then you're just at least when I was in college, I'm just living life. I'm not thinking to document stuff like we do now on social media. Like nowadays, anything that happens, everybody has their phone that record. and, And I just, I'm just sitting there at the bus stop, like, okay. An alligator cool across the street. Not a <laughs> dummy pull your phone out. You have a camera in your bag. Pull it out take a picture.
3: You were enjoying That's the good. moment though.
4: Yeah, I was enjoying the moment and wondering why everybody around me was not phased by this. I was confused.
3: <laughs> Bro, do you have any spiritual connection to an animal or a human?
4: I personally feel like my boa constrictor, Jimmy, we've gotten real close to, a, to the point where I really feel like I just look at him and it's something about looking at a snake in his eyes. Like I just look at him and I look at him in his eyes and stuff and it's just like, wow. Like, there were, like, like I said, I, I would take him out to the park during the summertime and I would sit him on the grass and sometimes I would take a few steps away from him and he would follow me. And then I'll turn. And go somewhere else, and he would—he—he he never stops following me. And it's like, I know people say that snakes don't have emotions or personalities, but I feel like this guy really—it's something there. Like he's not letting me stay away from—like far from him. You know, most people they have pet snakes. Most people they have pet snakes. You put it on the grass nine times out of ten, you better watch it because it might veer off, and you ain't gonna never see it again. But well, him, energy
3: plays a big part. Energy speaks louder than different. words.
4: Yeah. Yeah, it's just different. Even during photo shoots, like I'll be posing him with the models and the models be holding him. And I will step off so the photographer can take their pictures and Jimmy's head just moves and follows wherever I'm at. And and they they all joke and be like, oh, he's looking for you. He's looking for you. And I'm like, he probably is.
3: yeah our snakes are unique it's like they almost imprint in us not us in them you know yeah, because like exactly. when i describe it to people i'm like don't be afraid of it you know just be relaxed chill out let it just come you know i don't just drop a snake on somebody that's uh-huh. never exactly.
0: You know, like we start also- off with
3: the tail and then we raise to the body and then yeah. slowly we gradually go to your neck
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, and I'm not the type of people who like put human emotions on animals, especially reptiles, and I don't think that it loves me like a dog or a cat, but I do feel like there's some type of imprint or like, if he sees me, he knows me. He yeah. knows I'm the human that cares for him. I'm the human that cleans him, I'm the human that feeds him. He knows something because he don't act the way he acts around me, he don't act around everybody else. He's always chill. But if I step away too far, he's looking for me. And so I feel like that's probably. And then, of course, my dog, every, everybody and their dog is like best friends. <laughs> everybody. So unless you just you have a dog just to have it and you really don't like it for some reason. Um, but yeah, Koye, she, we have a big queen size bed and she's just on me. <laughs> she's like, we got all this space why are you on me (laughs)
0: and
4: so she's she's very attached that that dog is too attached i think she has separation anxiety
3: (laughs) i love dogs and cats i think if you're not a dog or cat person that describes a lot of your persona but also Mm -hmm. with being a dog person you grow into becoming it because like when i was a kid i always had dogs but until i moved with my mom when my dad passed away um, there was this time where this dog it was a carrion terrier it was like fluffy almost like a poodle but it was a medium-sized dog but like the moment i saw her she just like there was a spark or connection you know and she was sleeping between my legs to the point where she was so comfortable that she would knock me off my bed like she gave me two (laughs) shits i
0: had a cat
3: i had a little baby cat on my neck and we called her saber tooth because we, my brother found her inside of uh, his hood of his car. So she was oh, missing wow. like the palate of the front part of his te- her teeth. Aww. So she would sleep on my neck. And then the dog would sleep between my legs. So both of them would stay on the bed. But I'd be on the floor, you know, nine times out of ten. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's crazy. It'd <laughs> you at your own bed.
3: But that's when, when I fell in love with with actually having a sense of affection to animals. Yeah. And it's kind of it, it goes back to the thing like have you ever seen the experiment of the plants where they talk shit to a plant like they're cursing it out and just giving it bad energy and it shrivels and it dies?
0: Yeah. And then the one that you're
3: calling it beautiful and then like showing it the sun and just flourishing it just grows better because yeah. you're showing it love.
4: Yeah, and if that and if a plant if you can affect a plant like that something that doesn't talk doesn't imagine the animals it's just Yeah, that too. Like, I can just, like, we don't give them enough credit. We think that they're just simple beings, which in in most aspects they are, but I'm pretty sure scientists haven't even scratched the surface of, like, personalities and brain waves and what could signal something to an animal, regardless whether it's warm-blooded or cold-blooded. Like, I feel like they all feel something. Maybe not to the extent of humans, but they feel
3: something. And the way we translate it is like you can't you can't describe human affection into a different species because as you have a different heart, you have a different lung. They might only have Mm -hmm. one lung.
2: They might Uh have a different
3: perspective of thinking because of that. So you can't really relay those same emotions, but like you can habituate the animal to that environment. And that's yeah. what we're essentially doing to an extent. We're desensitizing the animal, you know, taking that sensation away. And like I explained it to people, like it's almost like teaching a deaf person Braille, you know, like it's for the first time they're, they're feeling the sound, they're feeling the loud vibrations or they're feeling a child for the first time new smells like everybody has different smells so yep. it, it all takes into play and th- that's that goes back into like photography like that's very fucking stressful like please don't exactly. bite the shit out of this model
0: <laughs>
4: <Exactly>. <laughs> no no i don't have to worry about my snakes biting anybody i have to worry about them peeing and pooping on people
0: Oh, that's going to
3: happen regardless. I let yes. them know. I'm like, are you okay with having your rate on yourself?
4: <laughs> exactly. Like, like, I've been in so many photo shoots where the models will be like, is it going to bite? Is it going to bite? I'd be like, you need to worry about it if it's going to poop.
0: Worry about the other <laughs> end. That's
4: going to happen during this photo shoot. <laughs> now, there's a reason why I got a backpack full of baby wipes. <laughs>
3: like, yep, that's baby, gonna baby wipes are clutch. You know, They're yeah. not just for for all stages of life.
4: Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I don't I, I don't have kids but i'm always in the store buying baby wipes because of these doggone snakes
3: yeah but they come in clutch yeah, yeah they do. we're yeah. usually in all the cleaning aisles as snake people or reptile people uh-huh. you'll find us at home depot or the reptile cleaning aisle at target or walmart
0: exactly <laughs>
3: What is one of your practices that you would be willing to share that can be spiritual or technical?
0: Mm.
4: That was another one that stung me. Uh, spiritual gratitude. That's easy. Gratitude. It's that amazing. Gratitude. It's amazing what could change. Even your mood, your brain. It's amazing when you j- just saying the words thank you whether to a higher power, whether to your family members, whether to your friends, whether to your animals, or just to yourself. Because sometimes I thank myself, I'm like, dang, thank you for being so smart during this <laughs> like, don't don't let me be in the middle of a gig and I come up with an idea and it works. I'll be like, oh shoot, thank you for being so smart at this moment. Speaking <laughs> critically and fast. <laughs> um, just the the power of gratitude has really got me through a lot spiritually, emotionally monetarily everything it's just just being thankful for everything because nothing's promised to us i i know a lot of people who had it worse off than me some probably had it better than me but we all have our own walks in life we all have our own journeys and so even during the bad times even with my depression and mental health i'm thankful for everything so I would say that's the best practice I would share with any and everybody. That could really change. That's a game changer.
3: Yeah, because for you sure. got to be grateful for everything. You know, if you're not mm-hmm. grateful for what you're going through and even even the the, the bad moments, they're portions yeah. of growth because I mm-hmm. feel like when I'm most uncomfortable or like where, where I feel that gut feeling like, okay, what's going on here? Like, I'm not sure of this. I feel like that's the jump.
4: Yeah, exactly. You know, that's what, yeah. le- that's
3: what <laughs> lets me know like you got to jump for it now
4: mm-hmm exactly
3: <laughs> what is the favorite animal that you keep
0: hmm.
4: i i say it on every podcast and i'm gonna continue to say it jafar my normal ball python or as both really? says, the classic super classic <laughs> 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 he, he started all this he was the beginning he was my first yeah. snake my first love i t- he's my best friend i tell i, I even tell him that even as I'm cleaning the poop out his enclosure, I'm like, you lucky you're my best friend. Because I really don't feel like doing this. <laughs> like, that's my favorite. As much as I love Jimmy and the other snakes, because Jimmy is dope, too. He's my second favorite. Nobody's, it, when Jafar leaves this earth, I might have to check myself in the hospital. <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's my favorite snake. I might have to just call Lakeside and be like, yo, I need to spend a weekend
0: because I'm depressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get attached. <laughs> You yeah. get attached. Yeah,
3: definitely, And my it boy. hurts. I think yeah. the first time I cried for a reptile was my furrow dragon. I came up oh. and I checked up on her and I opened up the enclosure and she had her mouth open. And then oh. I saw her gasp for air. And when she gasped for air, she kind of like gave out and closed her eyes and just sat there. She just oh. died in front of me. And right where she died, that's when I was looking at her in the morning. You know, I didn't know what was wrong with her. Humidity was fine. The guy that I got her from, I mean, it was two years after. He said that it might have been just age or just the normal dying. Yeah. You know, some animals just don't make it. Some, and reptiles... some animals
4: don't have a reason. They just—it's just their time, just like humans. Yeah. Sometimes there there are people who don't have any underlying health conditions. They just drop dead, and yeah. we don't know why. It's just—it's just their time. And and that's a yeah. hard pill to swallow. Like everybody wants to have a reason. Like, oh my gosh, get a necropsy. go to the vet, get this done, get this test done, see what's the cause of death, which is fine, but sometimes it's just be that it just be they're done. Their spirit yeah. is ready to move on. Yep.
3: Yeah. And it's weird with like boas, that happens often. Um, I have a breeder here in Tucson, and he takes them out for the necropsy and they, they check the lungs and stuff. I remember there was one where the snake developed some sort of fat sacks around the heart, and you yeah. could see, like in the picture, like well, there was a the fat sacks. But he said that he was feeding it normal, like other, uh, like the other snakes. And the, what the doctor said, it's like maybe you should have cut down on this snake if you saw any type of swelling or any type of, you know, formation yeah. around the the liver or anything. And usually, when it's an obese snake, you can tell right away. Yeah. But he said that it was it was healthy, and then just out of nowhere, it started acting that way. You know, it could be that. Some arteries became clogged, or something happened throughout the system. Changes in temperature. There's a lot of things that come into play that we don't see in our spectrum.
4: You know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
3: So it's like, why figure it out just to know that it happened? You know, it's 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 and okay. And it's not like
4: it's not like it's going to change anything. <laughs> we can't bring them back. The science hasn't, yeah. is not there yet.
3: <laughs> I understand if you're like a high-end breeder and you're trying yeah, to figure yeah. out you like to see to if know, there's. Yeah. Exactly. But if you're just
4: viruses or anything, yeah.
3: But if you're just a common keeper, then why, why, what's the need, you know?
4: The only, yeah, the only reason why I would just to make sure it's not nothing contagious. But if if they say it's like your snake dive of an uh, enlarged heart or something like that, or, you know, anything, you know, then it's like, okay, it was just, there was nothing we could do about it.
2: But yeah.
3: It's it's a it's a iffy topic for a lot of keepers, I think.
4: Yeah, for anybody who either breed animals or yeah, it's it's just tough. Like we just had. I, I'm not caping for zoos. If if you follow me on social media, I always talk about the hypocrisy of zoos and how some of them feel like they're better than pet keepers, but. I do feel for zoos because they try to be as transparent as they can legally, but it's like every time an animal dies, they get bombarded.
3: There's some type of shit.
4: Yeah, some type of bullshit that they get bombarded with where people are like, You killed the animal. Like we just had a, we've had these pandas that we borrowed from China that we were going to return back to them. We've had these pandas at our zoo, had to be since I was a senior in high school. Holy shit. I'm, I'm about to be 34 this year. So the pandas were old. They were senior, they were at that age. And so one of them did just pass. And it's like it got so bad that our zoo had to cut the comments off all social media. That's how much oh, hate they were that. getting. They, they were getting so much hate and called the panda killers because, <laughs> and so to where all social media, whenever they post, the comments are turned off. And I feel like, I feel like y'all. Sometimes animals just die. It's sad. It's a hard pill to swallow, but especially when they're that old, there's nothing we could do. That's out of our hands. We can't keep them alive forever.
3: Back to the thing, like humans are garbage because like we can't, it's usually the normal keeper, you know, the mm-hmm. person that, that keeps a cat or a dog and they're like the natural conservatives or they're a lobbyist and they're like, mm-hmm. okay, so I'm going to. I'm going to pitch for this. So that way I look like a good spawned soul. Mm-hmm. And I'm like this beautiful person because I care for this animal because I'm a conservative. That doesn't make you shit. You haven't exactly. felt the pain of losing an animal that you love.
4: Exactly.
3: You like haven't these, faced the pain.
4: Yeah. And we have to remember what 16 years or 15 years in the animals, not to us. We hear, oh, it's 15 years old. It was still young. Like, no, it's not a human. That baby was old as dirt, gray hairs, gray fur. They're, when the animals first start to change colors, when your gray or black dog start to get some white on it, it's getting old. And that's, <laughs> when you, you know, it's like humans forget that. Like animals age rapidly than the rest yep. of us. So a 15 year old panda who's growing grays, it's about time to croak. It's about time to call it home. I'm sorry. <laughs> That doesn't mean that the zookeepers were neglectful or hurtful. It's just, you know. Oh, sorry.
3: What happened? Did I lose you? I got you there. You still there? Hello. Oh, battery. (laughs) So her battery, or his battery dying, your battery dying, Elias? I believe he
4: okay there okay sorry y'all sorry the battery did die homie uh, i have it plugged up to a usb cable but i guess the cable isn't strong enough to hold the battery but i just changed it
3: <laughs> no problem bro you're
4: good uh, okay we're good sorry about
3: that <laughs> wait, wait wait we're talking about our favorite animal that you kept jafar right they were deviated
4: yeah. yeah 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 d- yeah <laughs> <laughs> But I think I, I did answer that question because we yeah, we deviated and got until you know pat animals passing away and stuff.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was kind of dark. <laughs> 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 what is your favorite genre of music?
0: Mm. <sighs>
4: I'll say EDM, dance, and then um old school like 80s, and then hip-hop and r&b and then it goes from there i listen to all kinds of music which is why i started doing the music reviews and movie reviews because i listen to almost everything so one minute i could be listening to kid cuddy the next minute i'm listening to Beachy, then the next minute i'm listening to panic at the disco so my music playlists are like so crazy out there
3: you should have been were you a dj in your past life
4: <laughs> no i wish i did okay When I was in high school, I did go through that little time where I wanted to be a music producer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I wanted to create beats and stuff, but just like with being a vet, I realized that, you know, I'm not that talented. I can't even play a note on piano. I can't do none of that. (laughs) So, but I still, I'm very passionate about music and I love listening to it all the time. So, you know, I just I listen to everything, but I will say the consistently the music I listen to every day for the past five or six years is EDM dance
0: music. That's cool.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I can I can relate. I listen to a variety of everything but country music. I don't really like country music, but (laughs) same thing with Hispanic country music. I don't like you know the whole banda or the the whole
0: Yeah. There's different
3: types of Hispanic music that's good. There's some (laughs) garbage.
4: Yeah, it's certain country artists I don't mind listening to, like Marin Morris or Reba or Dolly Parton. But it's mainly the females, really. <laughs> Those be the main ones. But other than that, that that's probably the at the bottom of the total pole. <laughs> yeah,
3: that's cool. So we're gonna jump into the uh, hot seat questions. Uh. Um.
0: <laughs> let's-
3: Let's see how we like these. They're a little bit evil, you know, a little bit devious between Mm. what you need to pick. We have the first one, mirrorless or hybrid.
4: I'm going to go with mirrorless. Why? Even even with all the bells and whistles, mirrorless is still lighter and smaller. Mm -hmm. Even if you have Um, like the microphones and everything, compared to the bigger cameras, it's just a lot less weight on you. So
3: that's true.
4: Yeah. And, and I do like how the technology, the specs have gotten a lot better. So, you know, they have improved a lot over the years um, with these mirrorless cameras. So yeah, I'll, I'll go with that.
3: Do you have hybrids? Hmm. Do you work with any hybrids?
4: I did when I was in college. Uh, Cause I took some photography classes, but, and they're pretty cool, but I just, I, mirrorless are just easy for me
3: <laughs> yeah i've heard it i need to get into some more mirrorless
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> they're, they're, they're pretty dope but i, I the the hybrids are cool it's just that when it comes i cam- cameras are kind of like animals in a way you got to find what works for you like there are certain mm-hmm. animals i know it, as beautiful and amazing as they are i would never keep because they're just not for me in my personality and my lifestyle and i feel like cameras are the same word that's why you have the sony boys versus the canon boys and stuff like that and nobody cares about the Nikon's except for the beginners like you know there's always these little niches and clicks uh with the you know the shooters the photographers and stuff based off what gear you use
3: <laughs> you have yeah it's funny but there is that that you would say Politic or politics in, inside of photography as well.
4: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I would say yeah, I, I pick mirrorless hands down over any other thing.
3: All right, I can get I can work with that. I'm gonna start looking into some mirrorless. R and B or modern hip hop.
4: R and B beats everything. It, it, well, compared to R and B hip hop, I would say R and B beats everything. But nowadays, nowadays R and B is sounding like hip hop. I can't tell the difference between the rappers and the singers anymore because the singers are rapping and the rappers are singing. So,
3: and you see the, the thing with the modern R and B that it's all pillow talk. It's not like a, a full on conversation how it used to be. With to name some of them, you know, some of them aren't as famous now or shouldn't be mentioned, like R. Kelly, you know, or Ignition yeah. and all that stuff. But like the songs that Casey and JoJo played, like the stuff from back in the day, it had meaning. It didn't just yeah. it wasn't just like titties bouncing and money rolling. It, it was more <laughs> like it was a story, it was a narrative story yeah. going on behind it. And it was cool. Exactly. That's what made the song tight. You know, it was because of the the role or the, the drama behind it.
4: Exactly. It was storytelling, pretty much.
3: Exactly. And that's what made the song sick and beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Black or white. Black and white or original stills?
0: <sighs>
4: I think wildlife photography, black and white all day, every day. To me, that's that's the best. Um, but regular stills for everything else. So overall, I'll probably do regular stills because I only like black and white photography when it involves wildlife. I guess because I'm used to the National Geographic looks and stuff like that back in the day growing up. So it's like I only like black and white when it's a wild animal involved.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I remember switching to do those pages in my science class, you know, after uh-huh. 30 minutes left. Here's your polar polar magazine and your National geographics.
4: <laughs> now, me, now, me personally, me personally, um, it's not part of the question. I pick Polaroids all day, every day. It's something about the really? aesthetic of a Polaroid. It's something about the aesthetic of an instant camera, but it still has that old film look that
3: mm-hmm.
4: it it gets me every time. It's <laughs> every retro. Time.
3: It's retro. It's yeah.
4: retro. Even if, like, um, even if it's blurry or out of focus, it still looks dope.
3: <laughs> and like the photographer that I work with here, Yusuf, like his his work is like insane. And he loves he he's like a probe, like a big time pro and like Uh his photography will always be black and white like it's insane but he still (laughs) keeps his polaroid like he's shooting with his dslr packed in (laughs) canon but he still carries his his b-roll camera that he gets from like uh uh, uh, what is it called the um walgreens or cvs those packet cameras Those yeah. disposable ones, he carries yeah. those around too. I'm like, bro, like, do you love like the aesthetic or what is it? He's like, it's the feeling of that crisp, the look. It just gives yeah. it a certain type of quality because of it.
4: It does. And it's very nostalgic. Very. It takes yeah. you back to uh, your childhood where everybody had those little Walgreens cameras and stuff like
3: that and like you take pictures like having kids i take pictures of my kids at the same level where our parents would take like our parents didn't know how to take pictures so they would like be taking pictures like up here like oh i'm trying to get Uh the best lighting (laughs) <laughs> or like I'm yeah. trying to get you right in front of the camera, and you're like <laughs> half of your head is chopped off.
4: <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't even have to think about it. That's the that I think that I think it's the simplicity. You don't even have to think about it. Like w- even to this day, when I go to thrift stores like the Goodwills and stuff, I'm always looking for those old school film cameras, those point and shoots that you don't even have to think about it. You just put the roll of film in and just click. Those are, those, food- are, those are fun.
3: I was looking at the Fuji films, the 16s and the 19s.
4: They're mm. going for
3: like seventeen hundred to three thousand a piece. It's like crazy. these are pieces of what? Like what do you mean? Like this is just an authentic? It, I understand it's an antique, yeah. but it's just plastic. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's not it's something just special.
4: Plastic. People are spending <laughs> thousand dollars on just plastic. It's, and it's not guaranteed that when you buy it that it's going to work because it's so yeah. old. <laughs> it's not guaranteed, exactly. and not a lot of photographers. Uh, camera shops are still existing where they can fix it.
3: Radio <laughs> but, Shack is not around,
4: <laughs> but people still buy them though. That's why before I either buy, I either test it out, or it has to be so cheap that I don't care if it doesn't work. It'll just be sitting on a dresser looking cute.
3: <laughs> I remember having a Nikon in my sophomore year of high school, mm-hmm. and I remember clearly calling a company in I think Connecticut. And asking them for a part, and they said, "Ship out the camera. We'll install the part for you. Pay for the shipping, and then send it back." It was sketchy as hell. You know, I don't know who the hell I was talking to. I just found them on like a catalog, and I did it, and it fixed my camera. But I was happy as hell. Like shit. Like I just fixed my camera for like less than forty bucks, shipping. Yeah,
4: exactly. (laughs) We got one guy here that still exists in Memphis, and he's the only one that can still fix old school cameras. So yeah. when I had when I had bought a used camera on eBay because I really wanted it, something the mechanics and the lens just would not work. He he was able to fix it within a week, Wow! <laughs> For like 150 it, bucks and the camera was only 40 bucks. So I still save money.
0: <laughs>
3: and that's a finesse because the finesse of them having the it takes a lot of patience with cameras there's a lot of bearings bottom ball bearings a lot of connections and joints between the actual components so if you break something or you pull something too hard you're you're fucked like you have to get another piece (laughs) so it's a finesse for those people those people that do that work with horology and watches and like working with cameras like i i commend Uh you like you're you you can draw on rice (laughs) yeah
4: I'll I'll be depressed the day he retires or shut his business down because he's the only one in our city that can do it. Yeah,
3: he needs to leave someone with inheritance. Let him know,
4: know, right? I know, right? Teach them how to fix (laughs) cameras.
3: Yeah, the hard question of today: snakes or lizards?
4: (laughs) Yes, it is hard. I'm I'm gonna go with snakes just right now but i feel like i feel like it's gonna change i really do especially when i once maleficent
3: yeah once maleficent comes into play like it's game over
4: yeah (laughs) but yeah i already know it i already know liz is gonna be the answer but for right now today it's gonna be snakes
3: (laughs) snakes i can feel you i still love snakes you know it's it's our passion that's what made us snakes Mm -hmm. exactly (laughs) and your favorite snake species
4: Ball pythons, royal pythons, boas are cool. I I love my blood python Avici. He's a whole different beast that I'm learning, and I can't wait till he becomes full grown. But right now, ball pythons the number one for me, and it has nothing to do with the paint job. Like I can I can live with normals all day every day, and be satisfied and happy. So, yeah, that's how I feel.
3: Yeah, but boas or ball pythons are nice. I just don't like to follow the trends and I'm a very against the grain, against the grain dude where I hate whatever is trending and I'll go against it regardless just to be the rebel or whatever. (laughs) But I
4: totally understand in our community, in the ball python community, especially the breeders, do not make it easy for people to love them. So but I just I just remember that feeling when I first bought Jafar at the Reptile Expo and I bought him home for the first time and I held him in my hand. And it's like, there, I will never get that feeling again. You know how somebody exactly. gets high for the first time and they've been chasing that high? That's how it's I like, feel. I'll never get that feeling of happiness or bliss again that exact way of holding the snake for the first time. It's just like, yes. wow, I can't believe I have you.
3: And once you love that feeling, like I've had customers where they hold a snake for the first time and they're like, holy shit, like this is soothing. Mm -hmm. Like I can get used to this on a daily. I'm like, let's get you signed up. Like, What do you need? You know, (laughs)
0: like
3: it's very I think it's not aesthetically pleasing. It's soothing and somewhat Mm -hmm. like satisfying to the brain. You know and yeah. it might relax It's kind of like the way that we look at leaves or we look at the trees move or we smell the fresh air in the morning i think mm. it's some way we might have interacted with these animals for billions of years maybe trillions of years yeah you know the egyptians picture them in their their sculptures or their things or their their uh, horoglyphics Yeah, And you can see that there were some type of transcendence. I call them transcendent snakes because (laughs) they are smarter than us. They're super smart. Like, who else focuses on this shit? Like, they're just focusing on growing. They're (laughs) focusing on shedding their skin and they're eating their meal once in every 10 to 14 (laughs) days. Like, I don't eat every day. Like, um, I can fast all this time, you know, and my metabolism keeps at a rate.
4: yeah they're the king they're the kings and queens of fasting especially the females when they want to breed like jasmine uh, she went she's the only snake to go off feed and she went six months did not lose weight at all six months no food just didn't want holy. it and then one day she just decided, okay now i want to eat like i didn't change anything i didn't do anything special like i even tried live like, I had to return the mouse back to Pestmark because she wouldn't eat it. She was like, Nope, I'm good.
0: Did but you try then, ASFs?
4: Uh, back in back then, when I first got her, because she was my second snake I bought, uh, there were no talk of ASFs. Oh. If anybody had ASFs, it wasn't nobody in my city at the time. This yeah. was years and years ago, so um but yeah like she didn't care if it was frozen but the breeder did tell me that he had just tried to breed her for one last time one last go around so he said either a she's still in breed mode and looking for a man or b she's um she's uh retained her eggs and so she still feels pregnant but she's not and so she's. So I guess after six months, she decided, hey, I guess I'm not going to be laying eggs or getting a man. So that's what she decided to take a rat for me. And I was. Yeah, so they're happy. stressful.
3: They're stressful yeah. when they don't want to eat. Like, come on, just eat for me. No, nope, it's wet. She
4: was cool. I was stressing. <laughs> yeah. But she was cool. She was like, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need that.
3: No. Yeah, they they do make us stress a lot. Honestly, when it comes to feeding or it comes to shedding process, or if there's anything going on wrong with them, it it is stressful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: But when I mean, we take it to hand. I mean, as long as we don't feel feel down and we just keep up for them, they usually come around.
4: Exactly. Yep. Yep. Sometimes it just takes patience.
3: Yeah. Photography or reptiles.
4: I hate you.
0: <laughs> 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 oh man, man,
4: man, man. I'm going to say reptiles because even because I thought about this, even if I were to not touch another camera ever again, I think it might take a while. I will grieve it, but I think I'll be okay. Eventually. I don't think I'll ever be okay with not having a reptile in my life.
0: Yeah, it's like, kind of hard.
4: Like I already, I already have a wheel set up. And my nieces and nephews already claimed the animals they want for when I die. Like, my niece, like I had a beachy out taking pictures because it got warm outside, and she looked at him and said, I want that when you die. I was like,
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> can, can we not, can we not when I'm no longer here? And you claim we're, right <laughs> yeah, we're not doing this right now, but it's like, all right already got that set up because I plan on having reptiles until I leave dessert till I take my last breath. Yep. So, but. I could sell cameras, I could sell all my camera gear all day, be sad for about a month, and I'll be okay, I'll move on. But I don't think I could ever move on. If someone took my reptiles or if all my reptiles passed away, I don't think I could go on (laughs) without them. So I would say reptiles over photography.
3: (laughs) Yeah, there's there's something wrong with people that like, for example, like I get a lot of people that get into like a relationship. And they're like, I don't want the snake because my girlfriend doesn't want it or my boyfriend oh doesn't want it. Oh, my
4: gosh. They used I'm to be like, off on Facebook. Every time I see those in the groups, I get so mad. I need to rehome my snake. My new girlfriend doesn't like it. I was like, well, fuck your new girlfriend.
3: <laughs> exactly. Said, yeah, I was like, for- this relationship is not matter right now.
4: <laughs> you just posted that this snake has been in your life since you were 16. And now you about to get rid of it over some females? like, fuck that shit. No. <laughs> you yep. better go with these reptile groups and get your <laughs> oh, no, you a girlfriend. Oh, that's when I stopped doing the Facebook groups, because I'll be like, y'all are some idiots. <laughs>
3: like, no. I mean, it shows, though. It shows that they didn't really care for the animal, that it was just or, there for or, some or type, type of momentary.
4: Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Either you never want to begin with or you're desperate and lonely. But either way, I don't respect anybody who gets rid of an animal for a significant other like i don't care if we're married i'm not getting rid of my animals we could get a divorce there's divorce court
3: exactly the door's right there (laughs) i'm
0: sorry (laughs) and
3: if you want to fight them in court we're fighting them in court (laughs) (laughs) i've heard stories man i've heard stories of of like keepers and their wives are like i'm gonna fight for your animals because that's a monetary source
4: Mm-mm. no if i look i'm i'm already look i don't plan on getting married but if i do it's gonna be a prenup and that prenup's gonna say <laughs> whatever animals i own before you i'm going to own after you we're not gonna have a conjoint shared pet like no if you want a dog if you want a snake get your own that would be your pet
0: i will help cat- what was the but the
3: enemy's name of uh, Tiger King. What was that lady that oh, killed her Carol husband?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: That's us with reptiles. When it comes to that, don't play. We're Carol Baskins. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. Like, you can go.
4: You don't have to be here. <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> we'll kill that husband. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Your favorite camera brand?
4: Sony. Sony all day, every day. I've tried Ooh. them all. I've tried them all since college, actually before college, because I've always had a camera ever since I was a child. I've tried the Nikons. I've tried the Fujis, I've tried the Canons. I've tried Sony. I've tried Kodak when they were still in business, but I don't think they're in business anymore. I don't know. But I've tried everything. And Sony's my baby. I love Sony's. It's just how Sony was
3: my first DSLR. They popped my cherry. Sony popped my cherry.
4: Sony, I I love the colors, like everything. It's just, I don't know. And and how they feel in your hand, whether it's a mirrorless, a DSLR, this pointed shoot that I'm using for the live stream. It's just, I just love Sony. I'm a Sony fanboy for life.
3: (laughs) Sony's fun. I, I regret getting into Canon, but Canon has some features that I just love. You know, Canon, Sony. Do, Canon
4: do have some perks, yes. One thing yeah, Canon so. got above, one thing Canon has above Sony. Um, some depending on the camera, sometimes their colors are better, but they have a better variety of camera lenses. Mm-hmm. Like like there are some people, there are some photographers who bought Sony bodies, but then get the little lens converter so they can still use their Canon lenses because the lenses uh, are amazing. Variation. To me, to me, Canon, when it comes to wildlife photography and, you know, if you were to go off into a safari and take pictures, to me, Canon got Sony beat as far as that goes. But as far as regular everyday pictures or portraits or weddings, almost every wedding photographer that I've found and liked their work, they shot with Sony.
3: Yeah. And so. Sony's crisp. It's just it has a different feel, I think. It might be just the mm. aperture level or just the dimension of how the brace or the, the chamber is but sometimes yeah. the chamber has a lot to play or the change.
4: Yeah yeah that's true.
3: If you could keep one breed or one species species which would it be
4: hmm pythons pythons I'm I'm just gonna keep it real. Um yeah I just their personalities, their looks, even not just ball pythons. I like reticulated pythons, even though I don't think I can handle one right now, unless it's a super dwarf. Um, I think, yeah, uh, Burmese pythons. Burmese python was the first snake I've ever met and held. It was my friend who introduced me to reptiles. He has this Burmese python named Nate. He brought it to work One day when we had like a a work picnic or whatever, so all the employees can hold him and take pictures. And Nate, it was the introduction to all this. And so I was like, I would love to have a snake, but I just don't want it to be that big a Burmese python. And So that's when he told me about the ball pythons and that's when I got hooked. But yeah, any type of python species is my favorite.
3: Scrub pythons are insane.
4: Oh, I've
3: been yes. wanting to. to scrubs.
4: Atti- that, scrubs, scrubs, white lips. Those are the ones I'm most intimidated by. Like if I really? was like, like even if you can say that's the most tame snake that you have in your collection and I would still have some level of intimidation <laughs> toward this snake. I don't know why. I guess they feel so virile, I guess. <laughs> Feral Almost like me. the tree
3: I'm boas. Yeah. Like tree boas have that sensation to me. Like, I don't want your teeth in me.
0: <laughs> yeah
4: exactly like no like anything could go wrong and i'm I'm willing to take it like i i, I tell everybody i'd rather take a snake bite than a cat bite because i've been busy mm-hmm. like casting dogs i know what they feel mm. like but at the same time i don't want no scrub to tag me i don't want no white lip none of them <laughs> none of those big ones especially from australia if they're from australia uh-uh, i'm scared oh yeah <laughs>
3: Yeah, those black-headed pythons. I oh, heard they're really yeah. snappy. Yeah,
4: they're beautiful, but
0: <laughs> uh-uh.
3: <laughs> yeah. You gotta have some cojones for that.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, we—I asked you earlier, who do you think your spirit animal is? Now that we answered, what is your favorite animal, and who—who who do you resemble? Who would you consider your spirit animal to be?
4: Man. Oh, yes. There, there is one animal. Well, I don't know if it's considered an animal or bugs consider an animal.
3: Bugs? Yeah. They're still part of the, the entire wor- world dome.
4: Scientists, sci- uh, scientists have found this butterfly. It's very rare, but it has both genders. It's a butterfly that they found where it had the colorful wings that represents the male and the dull wings that represents the female. And I forgot the name of it. You probably have to Google it, but it's pictures of it. And to me, because of who I am, because, you know, I'm trans and everything, I feel like I relate. That would be me. That would represent me and be me, that type of animal. I forgot the butterfly, but if you Google butterfly, that's both sexes. It will show up. Because the because the males male butterflies are more colorful to attract the females, and adult and the females are dull to, you know, camouflage and protect themselves. And so I, I'm not sure if I'm going
3: to try to pronounce this, but I'm going to uh-huh. post it here. It's like bilateral trilocular, or <laughs> yeah, that's
0: the one. That's the one. Yes,
4: it has both. Genders and to me, I feel like because of who I am as a trans man, that is my animal. That yes, that is it. That's the one.
0: That's beautiful. I discovered
4: it like a couple of years ago, but I was like, "Yo, that animal is me." And that, and also, that animal proves that, you know, we exist. People think that humans are just making up transness and. You know, being same genders or multiple genders, and it's like no, it's in the wildlife.
3: There's some like, some type of thing called hermaphrodites. Like yes, what the fuck?
4: Yes, yes, and like they, <laughs> they, they, they just recently they just recently found a lion, a female lion with a mane that runs the lion fry. Yes, Google it. They found a female lion. She gives birth. She has cubs, but she has a mane. Like they, they exist in the wild. They may not be as common as for humans, but they exist in the wild. Like they found her. It was a female lion. I think it's man, I can't you can't even see me point at the bottom. Right here. Yes, I believe that's the one that scientists have found. But she like she runs the lion pride in the wild. Like scientists have, have been studying and following. She gives birth. But she's still she's the alpha. she's the king and she has a mane. And she has a pack with other li- with other male lions with her. but she runs things.
3: You know that's quite unique because my dog, the the she was half English bulldog, half um, basset hound, it was a weird combination. She was a beautiful dog by the <laughs> way. but she was just odd. And she was the alpha. She was very dominant with males and, and all animals, but she was mm-hmm. very alpha. And, and like dogs, you know, some females do start having some type of emotion to females and they react in certain ways. Some people or, or therapists or, or animal therapists believe that it's a way of relieving anxiety or some type mm. of anxiousness that they may have. But I think that it's more than that. Like the animal showing that affection continuously to the female and only females. Yes. And I've seen that with various dogs
4: yeah and then also um clownfish clownfish you know finding nemo they they can switch their genders anytime they want males females yeah yeah no, I, 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 did, I, I did not know this. that yeah clownfish and certain coral corals can switch just whenever they feel like it just out the that mood. is like, crazy i'm changing <laughs>
3: like i want to make some babies today <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's crazy
4: it is. Yeah. The the wildlife is crazy, man. But it shows that, you know, they're just like us in so many ways.
3: So you are. What was the name of that butterfly?
4: Oh, it was a long title. <laughs> I forgot.
3: Bilateral <laughs> gynandromorphosis. mama <laughs> 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 Yeah.
4: Sorry, my laptop is dying. (laughs) I had to plug it up.
3: (laughs) Well, that was the last of our questions. Um,
4: Oh, okay, cool.
3: Do you happen to have any questions for me now?
4: Um, no, I, I, not really. Well, I do have one. Do you plan on, you know, extending your photography? Like, I know you do the club, and I think that's cool. Like, I really want to come out there one day and just witness you working. you should do you think you want to go beyond that ever.
3: yeah i do i mean i, I still do the, the you know the private bookings or if i do photography here and there uh, but when it comes to non-reptile related yeah i still have those on my list on my book link i do wedding photography if you're interested or any type of events educational showings Uh, but your question is more broad is it just with reptiles or do you see me doing photography with another end
4: Uh, i think your photography work is great and i can see you doing other stuff but i was i was mainly talking about like with the reptiles and stuff like that
3: um you mean like taking more pictures or like uploading more stuff yeah 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 yeah, I think recently I haven't really been posting stills and it's, it's more like I'm sticking to the algorithm and I should be to posting more stills because I honestly miss it. I do miss it where I would yeah. t- I would take anywhere between one to three hours to plan out a shot. And if you look yeah. back at my pictures, it was very yeah. like detailed. Like I had like carousels of like 14 pictures just like of the same thing, but because I liked it, you know, and I feel like I lost that a little bit because of excuses and just wanting to focus on certain things and focusing in family as well like i'm, I'm trying yeah. to keep i want to say like i've grown a lot since i've started new things within like the, the whole reptile business and all this stuff mm-hmm. but it's kept me more grounded like i really want to be in the moment and actually appreciate my family you know like yeah. it's like I, I was a horrible person i'm not I, i've never been perfect like I've, I've always done shit bad i've always been the guy that i fucked up and i figured it out like i fucked around too much and i figured it out you know like that was me but like (laughs) to 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 the point where like i uh, it's time to change the game yeah and like i think like people in the reptile community have a lot to play with it like Claudius, you know um, mj from trap god um josh dre all of you guys you know it's like you guys are family to the point where it's like you guys help development within each other
4: Yeah, exactly. You're absolutely right. Well, that's cool. I'm glad because you do a lot of great work. Like I see your post and I'm like, man, his photos are getting better and better. And his videos, oh my gosh, between you and Dre, I be getting mad at y'all reels because y'all be doing like slow-mo shots and these little artistic stuff of your animals. And I'm like, how come I ain't think of that? <laughs> I'm, so to, I'm so used to the steals the photography that I forget I neglect the video part and it's like well yeah I got the gear I I know what to do I know how to shoot <laughs> I just don't think about it when I'm shooting the reels
3: you need to use that gimbal you got that gimbal is like ooh,
4: <laughs> exactly <laughs> I can't wait the gimbal is coming it's taking forever I didn't realize when I ordered off Amazon that it was coming from a shop in China so it's taking a little forever but it should be here next week
3: (laughs) oh you're gonna love it it's a game changer it is a game changer
4: i know i'm gonna i'm gonna act a fool with that gimbal (laughs) once i get it
3: (laughs) (laughs) elias man it was a pleasure having you on the show let me go ahead and close up here for tonight and i'll meet you here in the the chat room here shortly i do want to thank you so much for everybody who did hop on rock on reptiles bosa balls uh, who else did we have here clover reptiles alvaro appreciate you guys kt as well thank you so much for checking in this was a wonderful episode with nothing or further than less than creative reptiles Lies. thank you so much bro it was a pleasure i'll be right back with you
4: okay thank you so
3: I cut you off. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no,
4: no, 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 no. I was just saying thank you. It was great. Thank you for having me on the show. It was great. I had fun. Yeah, that's all.
3: Oh, thank you so much. Appreciate you, man. Checking right back here shortly.
0: Okay.
3: Thank you so much for this episode. This is the spirit animal once again as well for everybody's checking in. Thank you so much. Don't forget to subscribe to both of our channels. I will make sure to drop all of, our, all of his information in the link and as well his YouTube channel, his Instagram, his Facebook. Go ahead and follow him and make sure to subscribe. Always much love. This is the real George of the Jungle.